We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When we talk about the month of June, which follows right after Memorial Day, Notre Dame gets real busy, Sean, and it's going to be a lot of 23 and 24 kids on campus. And, and it gets down to, you know, you laid the foundation in April. You added to the class in May. You got Devin Houston to kick things off. You got Sullivan Absher. You got Owen Wafel in the 2024 class. And then, of course, this week we, we saw Notre Dame land Jay Lamar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you, you've kind of kept the ball rolling. April and May were, were busy periods for Notre Dame. And now you go into June. And basically now June is the success Notre Dame is going to have in June, Sean, and, and meaning either guys they land in June or set themselves up to land in July or August is going to define whether this is a really good top five class yeah. or a legitimate number one contending type of class. And so we're going to kind of go through the month of June and and look at where we think Notre Dame should or needs to be by the end of July, basically before fall camp starts, what moves need to happen that'll make us feel like, okay, they're in a place where they're going to fill this thing out and finish this thing strong. Because the goal is Sean, you know, I don't, whether it's number one class, number two class, number three, it's to get that elite gap closing class. And yep. right now they sit at 13 and as we showed, talked about in our show uh, yesterday, I believe it was, or maybe it's Thursday, they are way out in front of all the other schools right now. Can you continue adding to it? That's what we're going to find out. So, Sean, big, big month of June ahead of Notre Dame. And then, of course, the, the what then happens in July are, are, is just is going to be such an important, important period for Notre Dame. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My wife is the coffee drinker in our house. So when I told her about trying out Trade Coffee, she was curious. When I told her that if she answered the survey Trade sent me, they could match her with brands she would like, she was downright skeptical. We ended up getting three different shipments from three regional coffee makers. And let me tell you, she was blown away. My coffee snob wife loved each and every new blend that she got. As a non-coffee drinker myself, I must admit, opening up the cabinet and getting a whiff of her most recent blend was aromatically pleasing. Trade sells the freshest roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you and as often as you like, whole or ground. Whether you're a coffee connoisseur like my wife or just want a better daily cup, Trade's real coffee experts taste test over 400 roasts and use technology to match you to your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. Take the coffee quiz to get started. Trade Coffee guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll replace it for free. And right now for Irish Breakdown listeners, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of 30 off your first order plus shipping when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started when taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. And don't forget, it's Father's Day coming up, and a trade subscription is the perfect gift for the coffee lovers in your life. I can't add anything else to that, man. I think we go into the month of June, and my question, you know, this is my first time really being in the midst of a recruiting cycle, Mm -hmm. and it's absolutely amazing and exciting to be a part of with Mm -hmm. this staff. And the work they're putting in. You picked a good time. Like, Brian, we have to, you know, as a staff, we have to constantly stay on top of each other, watching social media. Like, oh, this kid is visiting now. Oh, add this kid, add this kid. And I'm saying to myself, how are they, how is Chad and the rest of the staff able to, you know, juggle all of these balls between 22, 23, 24? Mm -hmm. But they've done a tremendous job. The cohesion we hear from recruits talking about the collaborative effort from all coaches on the staff and no coaches left out on the island just lends itself to believing that the plan that they have going into this month is ultimately going to lead to a very successful month coming out of. And they're in closing mode. That's the yeah. key. I mean, yeah. it, like I'm, I'm looking at this list of players, right. And, and there's going to be some guys added and some guys we want to still confirm and make sure, you know, the specific dates. But when you look at it, you know, Ronan Hannafin, Monroe Freeling, Jason Moore, Jaden Osbury, Christian Gray, Caleb Downs, mm-hmm. Micah Tease. When I look at that list of players, every single one of those kids, as far as I can tell, maybe Jason Moore might be the only exception. But every single one of those kids, except maybe Jason Moore, has been on Notre Dame's campus at least twice before. Yeah. 
You look at the weekend of the, you know, Richard Young has never been on campus. Right. You look at the next weekend, you've have you've got Jeremiah Love, Jaden Greathouse, Jordan Hall, Micah Bell, and Josiah Wagner coming on campus. Now that's a weekend where you don't have as many guys that have been on campus before, except for Jeremiah Love. Jaden Greathouse has been on campus once. And then we expect Charles Jagasaw to show up at some point in time right after that weekend because of some things going on to make his schedule work to fit his mom's schedule to get him on campus. But that's the thing is when you've had that many kids on campus multiple times, or at least recently in the case of Jaden Greathouse, you're not going into this mode to this visit period, Sean, saying, well, let's show these kids what it's about. Mm -hmm. This is let's close the deal. And their ability to close is going to determine over the next month is going to determine things. And it's been really amazing to see what this staff has been able to do with some guys that haven't been on campus. I mean, Devin Houston hadn't been on campus since January and they closed out on him. Yeah. You know, to, to, we had another situation recently with Jade Lamar where, you know, he went a long period of time and he, even though he visited in April for the blue gold game, what we know is that he actually committed to Notre Dame silently before that visit, but Mm -hmm. didn't want to go public because he still wanted to make the visit to make sure. But the fact that Dylan McCullough who had not been hired since the last time he was on campus back in the fall, was able to get him in the class without the kid being on campus was huge. But now you get these kids back on campus again, and it comes down to, okay, it's about closing time. And and if you look at the guys on campus, Sean, I mean, these are key parts of the class. There's one kid missing for right now, and, and we won't we won't dive into that conversation for right now. Right. But there are some very, very, very important players that are going to be on campus this summer, and this staff is going in not not in a – Let's impress them mode, but what do we have to do to close? And, I, I mean, that's exactly where you want to be right now, Sean. And they're building, right? Like you said, the foundation has been laid with the coaching staff and the way they're approaching everything, and that goes from the top down. And you hear the same mantra. With, you talk to the coaches, like, why is this happening? Why is that happening? And they'll all tell you, it starts at the top. It starts at the top, no matter who you talk to. So Marcus Freeman has done an incredible job of putting forth what needs to happen as the staff and recruiting. And we saw, unfortunately, what we talked about last week, we saw just a little residue of something that we might not want to happen Mm -hmm. in the process of recruiting going to the next level at Notre Dame. But, you know, that's that's par for the course and things like that are going to end up happening. Now we move forward and we walk into the month of June with an expectation now as a fan base that things are going to happen. Even if we don't publicly hear about it, maybe until July or August, right. you get the feeling that there are some good things about to happen in the month of June. Right. And when you can get a kid like Richard Young, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, even losing out on Rodney Gallagher this week, just reading the article with Mike White in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, when his father, Rodney Gallagher II, talked about for a time there, Notre Dame pretty much came in and stole the show mm-hmm. and almost made their family forget about what the plan was for Rodney. Right. And just mm-hmm. that's just how well the plans for Notre Dame from a recruiting standpoint have been working with this young me, these young men and their families. You pointed that out to me for his family to say that. Right. There's one thing for the kid to say. Because it. it was obvious the family was pushing for him Absolutely. to stay close to home. But for the family to say that, 
that means more than just the right. kids saying that. So now you feel extreme confidence. You know, we cover it. We talk to these coaches. We talk to the recruits. And there's an extreme confidence going into the month of June that Notre Dame is going to close the deal in June 2022, probably better than they've ever closed the deal yeah. in a recruiting class before. It's, I wish, you know, I wish I got Lou was here to be able to talk to us about this and give yes. us a historical background yes. and comparisons. But this has to be and could end up being one of the greatest months from a recruiting standpoint in the history of Notre yeah. Dame football. And it would be fascinating to talk with Lou about like what, like is June the new December? Yeah. Great right, like that would be fascinating to talk with Lou about because that's yeah. what he would always tell me is like, you know, the 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 Notre Dame classes were determined in December is like mm-hmm. it was the under Lou Holtz. It was like that banquet time. Banquet it was weekend, like they'd have yeah. like the huge banquet weekends and like yeah. almost all the class was kind of filled out between December, like for the banquet and signing day in February. Yeah. And there were fascinating stories. And now it's kind of like now is this that new period? where you're going to fill your cl- – now, of course, there's a much longer waiting period when you close in June because kids can't can't sign until December, although I would right. personally love to see this early signing period get moved up to July 31st to allow kids that want to just I, – I know where I'm going. I want to sign and not have to worry about schools calling me because as long as these kids aren't signed, schools can keep calling them, and you know it's an unfortunate right. part of the, as- the aspect of it. However, I think there's really – there's a couple of reasons why I think Notre Dame isn't in such a good position to close. There's really three that I focus on, Sean. The current ranking, I think, is, is huge. There's tons of momentum. Right. Right. Like you're bringing these kids on campus with the number one ranked recruiting class. And it, it, the only team that can possibly jump them between now and then is Texas Tech with just volume. Right. But n- none of these kids are that they're bringing on campus are, are guys that were like, well, you know, Texas Tech is a competitor for us. You know, that's just the only kid that, that was true. They dropped and, and they're not bringing them on campus because they don't bring kids who are committed to other programs on campus for official visits. So he uh, he was unwilling to decommit. And so the staff has has moved on from that, which is fine, just like they don't want their committed kids visiting other schools officially. officially There's right. a difference between unofficial and official. That's just kind of how they look at it. So I think the current ranking is huge. You you have that great class to build around. And then, you know, we talked about all the guys that are going to be on campus that are uncommitted. Well, we're going to see Cooper Flanagan, Sullivan Absher, Sam Pendleton, Devin Houston, Adon Shuler, Brennan Vernon, Drake Bowen. We're going to see a lot of these kids getting on campus for those two weekends in June unoffic- or for their official visits. And some of them they're going to hold off until the fall. I've been told, you know, Keon Keeley might be making a, a visit this summer. I'm not sure if that's finalized, if it's official, unofficial. That's why we haven't. Drake's going to be visiting three of the weekends. Yeah, hope, hopefully, as long as the it depends on obviously the baseball. We start to play down yesterday. south. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. But I mean, it, it it's there's going to be some there's going to be some some very there's going to be a lot of movement, a lot of buzz. I think mm-hmm. the second aspect of it is what I already talked about: the fact that so many of these kids have already been on campus before. A lot of yeah. the show them around, get a feel for the thing has already been done. You can really focus on your program, the relationship and closing. And then, you know, the, the third part of it too, Sean, is I, I think the the, re, the reason that they has set themselves up for success this month is because I would say conservatively, Notre Dame leads for seven of the kids that are going to be on campus this weekend. Like I feel confident saying, and you tell me if you disagree with this, I'd say Ronan Hannafin, 
Mm-hmm. We believe Monroe Freeling, although others would disagree with that, understandably. We have Jason Moore, yes. Jaden Osbury, mm-hmm. Jaden Love, uh, Jeremiah Love, mm-hmm. Jaden Greathouse, and Charles Jagasaw. Right. Now, some would say, Sean, you would want to throw Christian. I think you'd probably want to throw Christian Gray into that conversation. I would say you know? it's trending that way. Yeah. And it, it is a situation where, look, it's a 17-year-old we're dealing with. Right. He could wake up one morning and start leaning towards LSU. And that's true of all these guys. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, you know, but so, he's at a point where, you know, if, if he had to choose today, and we discussed this, I think he would go Notre Dame. I think he finally realized that he is a Notre Dame kid, is mm-hmm. what I think. And now we'll see if they can close the deal on him. So, then you would say, I would say confidently, I feel confident about six to seven guys with an eighth that is at least trending. And that's where you want to be. And then there's some guys like Micah Bell, who's never been on campus that I think Notre Dame's in a really good position with, but it's hard for me to say they lead for a kid who's never been on campus before. Yeah. You know, there's some other guys, Micah Tease, I don't feel as confident in as maybe some others, Caleb Downs. I don't feel that they lead for Josiah Wagner just dropped the top seven that has Notre Dame in it. He's never been to campus before. So there are some of those type of situations. And and so uh, I think those are those are areas where where I feel Notre Dame is in a good position. So and we just had a a huge long update. None, none of the things I just said should surprise anyone that's on the message board because we had a huge huge recruiting update the other day that talked about almost all the kids that I just mentioned, including some nuggets that that I got from you and a couple other sources about Christian Gray mm-hmm. in the direction that is trending. So. And, and then there's like Rico Flores, I think is a guy that's like Christian Gray that I think Notre Dame is is gaining momentum for, although I'm not confident that they lead. I think that the perception that they lead has more to do with the uncertainty of whether or not he's definitely a take at Ohio State or Georgia. And I think if they turn up the heat on him in June, then maybe things could, that momentum could be stalled or maybe Notre Dame will be able to build on the fact that, hey, we never said you weren't a take for us, right. you know, close. So that's kind of where they're at, Sean. So where would you say is – it, I'm asking this, like I said, my first time doing this and being in the midst of a full cycle. Is the wide receiver position the most domino effect position in recruiting, or or is it the quarterback? Because I've kind of gotten that sense. Domino and, and what? Like if you get one, like you, guys, start. like guys wait. Oh, this guy went here. Mm-hmm. Oh, that domino fell. So now. Maybe I look here or maybe I look there. It just seems like with the wide receiver position, you know, there are schools like, you know, Rico Flores decision Mm -hmm. would be influenced by someone else's decision or uh, Malik Elzey, a 23 kid that uh, Notre Dame was looking at could be influenced by someone else's decision or the way the room is looking or the numbers are looking in a particular class at a particular school. It's just it's just amazing to me how it seems like the wide receiver position, especially right now, seems to be in that area where guys are looking at, okay, who's a take? Yeah. Who's not a take? Where is this kid going? How does yeah. that impact where this kid might go? I think there's a lot of that, Sean. I, yeah. I do. I, I think part it's twofold. Number one is part of it is like you just said, you, you may be a take for a school now, but then if they get so and so, you're not a take for them anymore. Right. Right. The other aspect of it is, is some of these kids want to go through the recruiting process as long as they can enjoy it, take all the visits. They know where they want to go, but they want to go through the process. 
And when there's nobody in the class, you can do that. Yeah. Right. I, you know, yeah. I, I think that, that I think receivers that way, I, I'd say any position where you're going to recruit three to four guys, it, 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 it is that I would say the same thing about like offensive line. I'd say the same thing about defensive line. I think mm-hmm. a lot of those positions where, you know, Hey, we're going to bring in four guys. Yeah. Well, you have four spots still open, so I don't need to rush. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but you know, you've got Braylon James in your class. Let's just say hypothetically that Jaden Greathouse, just for argument's sake, that Jaden Greathouse or Ronan Hannafin commit to Notre Dame soon after their June visits, just for, again, I'm not dropping Intel. Like I'm just saying, just say for, cause I don't know when those guys are going to make a decision. Well, the let's let's just say for argument's sake that one yeah. of those guys commits after the June 10th weekend or after right. the June 17th weekend. No, let's say, let's say Ronan Hannafin commits after the June 10th weekend, right? 10th to 12th. So now half your class is kind of at that spot is now full. Well, then Jaden Greathouse jumps in the class. Now that gives them three. Now all of a sudden it's like, Hey, Rico, right? We need to kind of know now. And I know you're mm-hmm. announcing July 3rd, but we need to know now. And then you kind of start to move. Or let's say Jaden Greathouse knows where he wants to go, but he wants to maybe take some officials in the fall. Mm-hmm. Ronan Hannafin jumps on board. Then Rico Flores jumps on board on July 3rd for argument's sake. Now, all of a sudden, can Jaden Greathouse really wait until mm-hmm. down the road? Right. Down the road, so, right. And again, I don't know that Jaden Greathouse is going to do that. All of that was simply making up situations to in order to, to prove the point uh or to make the point that once the dominoes really start to fall yeah other guys have to start making decisions and then as a staff it's good for you as well because if you think you lead for a guy but he's unwilling to commit and knowing spots are getting tight that really tells you more about where you stand with him than you do another school right so like i think that the, this is the time you really learn about kids like you know, Notre Dame was recruiting a kid that was committed to another school. They liked him. They offered him. They wanted to bring him on for a visit. They had a visit scheduled. But the thing was, is like, you know, but you got to decommit before we're going to take bring you on campus. And he wasn't willing to do that. I think that tells you a lot about where you stand with that kid. Like, if he's not willing to decommit from the school to visit us, then that that that's okay. Like, I think they respected that decision, but it says a lot about what is your interest level in us kind of thing, looking at it from a coach's perspective. So I think this, this June period also is, a, is that period of time. I think offensive lines the same way. Like, okay, if one more offensive lineman jumps on board, let's say Charles Jagasaw, just for argument's sake, again, after he visits Notre Dame, he's like, okay, this is where I want to be. And he decides early July that that's the case. Right. Monroe Freeling may want to play it out in the fall, but if Notre Dame is really where you want to be, Maybe you need to rethink the timing of it. And if he doesn't and he's unwilling to do that and he wants to go through and take officials in the fall and decide after his senior season, that's okay. But you you may need to go get another guy and then make Monroe your fifth as opposed to him being your fourth and then you stop it at four. Right. right? So I think all those things factor into to what makes this June an important period of time for Notre Dame. And let's go position by position just real quick, Sean, and just discuss okay. – Who's coming on campus and where we think Notre Dame is in regard to closing out on these players? We'll start. We'll kind of go top to bottom, go running back. Notre Dame will host Richard Young, June 13th to 15th. He is a five-star running back from Lehigh Acres Senior High School in Florida. Stud, stud player. He's going to be on campus June 13th to 15th. And then Jeremiah Love from St. Louis Christian Brothers is going to be on campus 17 to 19. Now, one question that people have had is, would Notre Dame take both of them to go with Jay Lamar? And the answer is yes. They were already talking about bringing Jeremiah Love on as a third back because he's kind of an athlete. He can play receiver. He can play safety. 
He can yeah. play multiple positions. They just want him. Like that's the thing about Jeremiah. They just same thing with like Ronan Hannafin, Samuel Pemba. People keep asking, you know, wh- where are these guys going to play? And the response I keep getting is, I mean, we don't care. Same with Micah Tees. We just want yeah. those kids. We yeah. we'll figure out where to play them. Right. We'll let them fit. You know, where do you want to start? We'll tell you what our. But we just want you on the football team. Yeah, and, Love and so very much like CJ Pro size. Yeah. Very that's much the example. Like a lot of people compare him to Josh Adams. I like yeah. that you said pro size because that's the one that I've been saying because yeah. he may be built a lot like Josh, but his game is a lot more like CJ's. Josh mm-hmm. was a running back. That was yeah. it. I feel like this kid, CJ, start, started his career at safety, played right. some slot receiver, had over yeah. 500 receiving yards, and then, of course, moved to running back and had 1,000 yards. So they just won him. And then if they don't get Richard Young, then he's your number two back. But yeah. he can still play other positions. So they they definitely want Jeremiah Love. He recently visited Georgia. A lot of SEC schools are coming in on him. I think Notre Dame is in a I think Notre Dame is in a good, really good position with him coming into the visit. It's going to be about closing. That's going to be the key. It, they, they've got to close on Jeremiah. Because if they let this one, not if they let it, but like if they're not able to close and it starts going into the fall. And now Georgia and Alabama, Bama and yeah. some of these schools see their 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 board shake out and like, okay, we need a running back. All of a sudden, the heat gets turned up on Jeremiah, and it's going to be a little tougher to get him into the class later. It's a lot easier to keep a kid in the class than it is to land him when he's uncommitted and those schools come calling. So, well, Sean. The last time Notre Dame had two running backs that Alabama has on their board on campus in the same Yeah. And I don't. I, and I'm I'm going to look at Rich at, at, at Jeremiah Love. I know that he's had some conversations. I don't know if I, I'll say this. It's definitely it's definitely a kid that both Georgia wants both, or yes. is definitely talking to both. Uh, and yeah. Alabama has offered Jeremiah Love. I know that. I don't know necessarily where he, where he shakes out on their yeah. board, but still, yeah. you're talking about two backs with Bama offers, and with Georgia offers, and Young and Jeremiah Love. So with with love, Sean, I, that's one that I feel. That's one of the kids that I feel coming into the visit that Notre Dame leads for. You've talked to some folks about this. Where do you think Notre Dame stands with Jeremiah Love coming into this visit? Yeah, I've talked to um, my connect that is very familiar with not only Christian Gray, but also Jeremiah Love. And the way that he was originally being recruited, I was told, man, it's going to be really difficult. Mm-hmm. to get him that way, especially with the schools that are chasing him at the running back position. Since that changed, I reached back out and talked to my guy and things have changed. Totally. Mm-hmm. Also, he's in track season competing against Christian Gray. And Christian Brothers is dominates football not too well in track, <laughs> which, is, which is funny. And uh, Christian Gray always jokes about it. But they've been talking about Notre Dame at these track meets. So is that a position where I do believe uh, his conversation has actually pushed Christian to possibly feel the way he's feeling right now. And Jeremiah has really come around to the, once again, a collaborative effort from speaking with Tommy Reeves, talking to Chancey Stuckey, talking to Dylan McCullough, talking to Marcus Freeman, everybody's in and he's really bought in to what Notre Dame was talking about. And like you said, this is closing time. Mm-hmm. This is closing time. It's like now, mentally, he knows he fits at Notre Dame. 
He's bought into the fact that he can be developed and reach all of his dreams and all of his goals at Notre Dame on and off the field. Now it's about getting that feeling. I talked to a recruit recently and he said, I know I could be successful at any school I have on my top list. He said, now it's about getting that feeling. And when you get that feeling, that's when you know. And the month of June is about this staff closing and making these guys get on campus and have that feeling, whatever it is, to make them go ahead and pull the trigger and say, Notre Dame is the place for me. And I think Jeremiah Love is very close to possibly having that type of experience and going ahead and committing to Notre Dame. And that's why this visit is so important yep. for him. Yep. Now, Richard Young's situation, Sean, basically it's it's going to be a lot about dominoes because right now I would say that Alabama and Georgia is his top two schools from everything that I've been able to gather about him. Alabama's been the perceived leader for a long time, but I, I think that part of this we need to we all as an industry need to make sure that with this particular young man that we we kind of pump the brakes a little bit on our assumptions about who leads for him, right? Because there was a perception for a long time that if he doesn't pick Bama or Georgia, he's going to go to Ohio State. Yeah. Well, he didn't even – he's not even given them an official. Basically, Notre Dame replaced Ohio State as his fifth official, which I love that. But he's going to Oklahoma the weekend of the, the first weekend, the third to the fifth. He's mm-hmm. going to Bama that next week, and then he leaves Bama, goes right home, and immediately comes up back up to Notre Dame. So he's going to go from Tuscaloosa back home, and then that next day he's coming to Notre Dame. So 10 to 12, he'll be at Bama. 13 to 15, he's going to be at Notre Dame. 17th to 19th, he'll be at Georgia, and then he rounds things out at Oregon. Those are his five visits. Now, I don't know what his time frame is, but basically when you look at Georgia, at Alabama, there's a lot of rumblings that they may be close, close to getting Cedric Baxter. Who's another five-star running another back? Another five-star, yeah. And so you, you look at that, and then you say, you know, George is in on some big backs right now, and and so you, you you get in a situation where it's like, you know, those are the two contenders. I if they're out, all of a sudden, I or they have a top back, like they would probably still recruit him. But if they have another top back, you start saying, okay, I feel a lot better about where Notre Dame would be going against Oklahoma and Oregon than I would be Georgia or Alabama. And so yeah. that's just the reality of it. And you know that's kind of that's kind of where where they are. So he's he is one for me that I am definitely keeping my eyes open, Sean, to see kind of what shakes out at other positions. Oh, George is Justice Haynes. That's another right. one. Right. George is the perceived leader for Justice Haynes. So all of a sudden, if those dominoes start falling soon for mm-hmm. those schools, now all of a sudden Notre Dame, who has a puncher's chance now is in a much better position if those dominoes start to fall. If those dominoes don't fall where Cedric Baxter is going to wait till you know December, January, or he picks somewhere else, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I, I those or let's say Justice Haynes goes somewhere else, then then it gets a little bit more challenging. Uh, but but they're in it. And that's that's the key. They're they're in this. And Rick, was that dumb and dumber of the scene and uh he says so you're saying there's so a you're chance. telling me there's a chance what would you say the odds are of you and i getting together right one in so, a thousand more like one in a million yes so you're telling me there's a chance that's yeah but i mean it's it's it, but two weeks ago i just said sean i don't even know why we're wasting time talking about this kid right, right. and now Dylan mccullough you know has him down as as uh uh 
you know, and now, you know, Deal McCullough has him on campus for an official visit, right? So you're in the game. You're, you're in, in the, the game. game. At the end of the day, do I think they're going to get him? No, I don't. I think some dominoes have to fall their way for him to get him. But, but you if, have to take the shot, right? There you go. And maybe you, go. you don't take it. But if you don't get him, and you, 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 well, closing out on Jeremiah Love is important no matter what. Like, Jeremiah Love is nobody's consolation prize for not getting Richard Young. Jeremiah Love is a guy that Notre Dame wants no matter what. They like him a running back. And so that's the one for me that's the more realistic one. But he's not a plan B. He's not a, well, if we don't get this guy. Yeah. This is a kid that Notre Dame has wanted in this class for some time, and they're going to have to be able to close on him in uh, in the month of June. Let's move on to receiver, Sean. This is going to be a big one because this is a very, very, very important position for Notre Dame. And losing Rodney Gallagher is something you can overcome, but you can't afford another miss. That That's the key. You, you can't afford another miss. And so now you've got Ronan Hannafin coming on June 10th. Rico Flores coming in the weekend of June 10th, and then Jaden yeah. Greathouse the week after. Those are the three. That's the top of the, the board right now of, of realistic players. Right. They're still recruiting Tyler Williams. It's just I don't see that one happening. I just I have a hard time seeing that one happening. And he has not scheduled a visit to Notre Dame. I believe he now has all of his five officials set, and Notre Dame's not one of them. Just, just it is what like it is. Penn State kid right now. Uh, Tyler Williams? Penn State. Uh, wait a minute. Am I picking him up? You're, yeah, you're thinking somebody else. Yeah, Tyler Williams is like looking at like Georgia, Clemson, Texas A&M, yeah. Ole Miss, and then there's one other he's going to get to. Um, but he's a guy that I look at and 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 I say, it's just not. We've said this for a while. I just don't see that one happening. So it is about Hannafin, Rico, <clears throat> and Jaden Greathouse. I think you got to get two of these guys, if not all three. Because right. if you don't get one of them, then all of a sudden to get to four, you now kind of got to go to your, I don't want to say plan B guys, because that comes off as disrespectful, but you know, th- th- they're not the very, very top of the board guys. So like I look at like a Malik Elzey type of guy, Malik Elzey's not a plan B. He's a good football player. Notre Dame likes him. But I, I do think it's, it's clear to me anyway, that he is behind Hannafin, Rico and Jaden Greathouse on the board. It's okay to say it's a good football player. It says how good the board is, but you want to get the guys from that top of the board. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, yes, you're not getting Carnell Tate. You're not getting Tyler Williams. So now you didn't get Rodney Gallagher. So now all of a sudden you, you've you got a real – this is a very important month for Chancey Stuckey. And we've talked a lot about the success he's had getting their name in the game for these kids. Now he's got to show us that he can close. And that's going to be the key. And the first guy on my list that they have to close on they've got to get – they've got to convince that Ronan Hannafin that now's the time. Like I know he wants to kind of see the process through, and he's visiting Clemson the week of the third to fifth. He's he's planning on setting up a visit to Alabama later in the month of June. I know Oklahoma, Boston College, Nebraska, all those schools are really pushing to get him on campus. Notre Dame has to somehow, some way, convince him that weekend that dude, it's time. Yeah. It's time. It's time to. It's time. We want you. We need you. We know you want to be here. We all know you. This is where you want to be. That's the perception. Let's let's make it happen, right? And you've been to Bama. You've been here. You've been there. Let's make this thing happen. You know where you want to be. And we need you in this class, right? We need you to help sell, you know, this program and this receiving core to others. So I think that's the that's the first domino because we know Rico's not committing till July third. So I mean, right. you know, the closing there is 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 a different deal. 
for me, with Ronan Hannafin, you have to try to convince him to not only commit to you, but to make it known, like, kind of now. He is one of those guys that I think, as of right now, we do not know of any kids that have a scheduled June commitment date. We, we don't have answers to that. This is, I'm being honest with you. I'm not like, I know, but I can't tell you. We've told you. I, look, I, it's going to be some kids in early May. We knew Devin Houston and Selim Nabshire. We knew a kid was going to commit in late May. And, and Jay Lamar, we don't have any scheduled June commitments. There will be some, I think, though. Yeah. And Ronan Hannafin, to me, has to be one of those guys. If you get Ronan Hannafin in the class, all of a sudden, I think that's to what you were referring to earlier, Sean, he could be the domino. Mm-hmm. And here's the funny thing. There's going to be a lot of people, some in the chat, uh, others. I think our chats, as, as I always say, our chats more informed than the average Notre Dame fan because I think partly because they're smart people, but I think the fact that they are in this, you know, we inform them of things, but they also are, are thinkers. So I, I think there's a different impression of, of Ronan Hannafin on our chats than there is in the, the, the perception of the Notre Dame fans who aren't, you know, the, the diehard recruiting f- followers. Having said that, here's my question. Name me a receiver on the board. Maybe other than Cardinal Tate, maybe who has a more impressive offer list than, Ronan Hannafin. Name me another receiver on the board who Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, USC have all offered recently. You know, who who has Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame as his June visits planned, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think that's I think that's a key. And so they've got to convince him because he is a very talented player, but I also think he is the beginning of that domino. That's my opinion, John, on Ronan Hannafin. Yeah, my mistake on Tyler Williams, I was thinking about the kid Marquise Williams and yes, the running back on early. Because he it just to he he was a kid that dropped a top seven recently yeah. and included Notre Dame. That's why the confusion yeah. is there. Although yeah. I don't think Notre so, Dame is no is on him right now. Right. So Ronan Hannafin, like you said, is that domino. You the three names you mentioned, two out of three is a must. Right? Like mm-hmm. Any combination of the two out of the three that you mentioned, mentioned between Hannafin, Greathouse, and Rico Flores, you're fine with, because that would bring you to three. If they get Hannafin and Flores, Hannafin and Flores, you have Braylon James. Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. three, and you still probably would be looking to add another. Jaden Greathouse, right? Yeah. Exactly. Right, and hopefully Greathouse jumps in. If he doesn't, and you only get three out of those three total out of mm-hmm. the guys that you've gone after. Then you have guys like Elsie right. that could possibly be part of the class. Right. You have some other guys that go into right. the fall, and you continue to fight for them, and you get them on for official business in the fall. So the wide receiver class, I still like the direction it's going in. Yeah, they just I, they got to close, Sean. That's got to close. That's all. I love the direction. I love Chancey Stucky and the work he's put in, and now. You know, you just have to have the ability, like you said, to get these guys on signing on the dotted line and committed to your program. Mm-hmm. Now, I would I would argue that going into the visits, I would say that the two receivers they have the best chance for of that group of three right now is Ronan Hannafin and Jaden Greathouse. Greathouse, I agree. Yeah, I, I think, and and that's going to be the key. And I think that Hannafin committing in, you know, if Hannafin can commit the week bef- in between the weekend of the tenth and the weekend of the seventeenth, yeah then I think that increases the odds that you can then convince Jaden Greathouse to jump on board. Because here's the yeah. thing you're selling to them. Hey, guys, we're trying to get Dante more. We're trying to present the class. Like So there was a lot of thought that 
you know, Dante would be the guy, the ringleader to a great offensive class. Well, this staff is saying, fine, you don't want to jump on board yet. Let's go get that great offensive class and then use that to get you. And I think that's the key. And if you can yeah. get Braylon James, who's a top 100 recruit, you know, uh, Jaden Greathouse, who's a top 100 recruit. And then if you can add Ronan Hannafin and be like, look at this dude's offer list. Look at who wants this kid. You can start to say, oh, and by the way, we have a top 100 caliber tight end as well. Yeah. Then, and we'll get it to the offensive line next. Then all of a sudden, you've got a four star running back. If you get Jeremiah Love, you've got another top 100 player at running back. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, hey, Dante, you know, it's it's like the scene at the end of draft day. One of my, one of my, Guilty pleasures is the movie draft day, you know, but there's that, there's the scene of like, you know, Hey, uh, you know, the Browns are ready to roll. We just need it. We, we need a new head. We just need to, you know, the right man, you know, leading it. You can say, Hey, look, Dante, this offense is ready to roll. We just need the right guy, you know, pulling the trigger. And that, that would be, that would be him. So I think those two guys are important, not only for the receiver class, but also to continue to present to Dante more like, dude, we've already got something rocking and rolling here. Imagine what we could do with you you know, in the class. And so yeah. I think that's what, that's what the selling point would be. And then I think then all, it, here's the other part is if, if you can convince them to jump on board and you still want Rico Flores, that's actually a really good selling point to him, in my opinion, because Ohio state's kind of sitting there like they want Cardinal Tate. They want Brandon Ennis, Brandon and they Ennis. want Noah Rogers. Noah Rogers if yeah. they feel come in June, that they're going to get all three of those guys, they're not going to, from what I'm told from some sources, they're not going to take Rico. Georgia's a little bit uncertain right now if they're going to take Rico. If Notre Dame can say to him, hey, man, we think we're going to get these two guys. Look, we just got those two guys, and we got Braylon James, and you know what? We still want you. I think that's a great selling point. So I think those two guys, again, you talked about the dominoes, Sean, right? Yeah. And I think that's kind of where – where they where they are so if i were to predict now i would i would say i feel good about notre dame getting hanif in a great house with rico he's never been on campus so i can't really i'm not comfortable making a prediction per se uh, or, or even talk about where it's trending until he gets on campus he he may think right now he loves notre dame get on campus but pff, this isn't for me right yeah yeah you know he may not think notre dame's a place for him get on campus and be like this is the place for me yeah. So we got to see how it goes. But Hannafin, they've got to close on, and Great House, they got to close on. There's no question about Hannafin it. Hannafin would be a fantastic get. Yes. I think people are really sleeping on this kid. Yep. You know, we <laughs> we watch his film. You know, you've had discussions with him. Ryan has done a great job, you know, talking to him during his recruiting cycle. This kid is amazing. He is a gamer, mm-hmm. and he can play all three positions. That's what I love. You can put him outside. You can put him inside. You can give him the ball yeah. and sweeps. Yeah. Like, he's just a game. People are sleeping on that kid for some obvious reasons. And I think the biggest one being that he's from Massachusetts. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I had this conversation with my guy Smitty, and he's just like, why? Well, you know, he just doesn't buy the kid's hype because he's from Massachusetts. And I'm like, you know, my stance is always like, look, dude, if you're a 4 4, you're a 4 4. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. It doesn't matter who you're, you're playing against. Your talent doesn't determine your ability. It, it has more to do with the. Uh, the ability to evaluate it, like, you know, this it's hard to evaluate it, yeah. but that's kind of what you get paid to do. And so I, uh, I think that he's a, he's a, a very good football player and it, it's look, it's not going to be a needle mover from a perception standpoint no. with fans, but this kid's a really good football player. And I, and, and people are sleeping on his athleticism. He's, I would argue him you and Braylon James. Are, too, Brian. What's that? Like when you watch his defensive film? Oh, yeah. Well, Bama yeah. wants him as a safety. 
He wants safety to come off rover the edge. Yeah. yeah, Nick Saban is personally recruiting him as a defensive player, right? And yeah. Clemson and Ohio and Notre Dame are both recruiting him as a wide receiver. And so it's just kind of like that says a lot about yeah. it. But like him and Braylon James are the two. If they were to get a class of of Braylon Hannafin, Great House, and Rico. Him and Braylon James and Ronan Hannaford are the two most explosive athletes on that group, and it's not really close. Yeah, it's not actually really run after catch. Yeah, right. Yeah. So let's O line. Uh, obviously, Monroe Freeling and Charles Jagasaw is the key, right? Yeah. That's the key to an elite O line class. Mm-hmm. Getting one of them in June or July is a must. I think the guy that Notre Dame has to. I I just don't feel comfortable that Monroe Freeling is going to commit, even though I think they're the lead. I really think he is enjoying the recruiting process yeah which is the one thing that gives me a little bit of pause about landing him because Notre Dame doesn't often land O lineman late in the process yeah I think the the only guy I really remember them getting that panned out that they that they was probably that they wanted early obviously they got Nick Martin late but that's because they moved on Nick Martin late Ronnie Stanley is probably the last guy uh, you know Quentin Nelson uh I think he committed late so it just it doesn't happen often but the guys that they have gotten have been good players. It's just they don't tend to get those guys late. But Charles Jagasaw is a guy they got to close on. And and the other part of it, too, is Elijah Page visits that weekend of third to fifth. There are some other schools that I think are in a better place than Notre Dame right now, but I think that weekend could be a, a, a game changer because even though he's not working out at the camp, Notre Dame is going to have Zach Martin, Nick Martin, Liam Eikenberg, Aaron Banks, Robert Hainsey, and Mike Golick Jr. all on campus that weekend working at the lineman camp. So even though he won't be participating in the camp because you can't on an official visit, right? You know that he's going to be bumping in, you know, bumping into yeah. Zach Martin, yeah. Nick Martin, Robert Hainsey, Liam Eikenberg, Aaron Banks. You know he is. And and so I think that's going to help too. But they've got a he's one that I think that that right now I don't think they're first for him. I think they're second, maybe even third for him. But this is a, a visit where you could you could quickly change that because I think he's very intrigued by what Harry Heastand is can offer him. And I'm also ve- I've also been told that Tosh Baker has taken well to Harry Heastand's coaching. Nice. And that's going to be huge too because they're former teammates or right. they come from the same high school. Yeah. And so I think that's going to be a very, very important piece. Well, Elijah to, Page well. looks at Harry Easton and says, sir, how are you going to develop me? And Harry just turns around. Interesting question. <laughs> Let me introduce you to some former first and second round draft picks. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> As he's standing in front of the Joe Moore Award. That he, you know what I mean? So, yes, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. All right. So. He's 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 important. That's that's a key. Now, my understanding is that if Elijah Page wants to come there, he's take. I mean, they'll take five. Yeah, Uh, they 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 want five in the class, but they're not going to force five. It it has to be the right five. Joe Odding will be on campus that weekend as well, but he's actually going to be camping at Notre Dame. It's not going to be an official visit. And there's it's more of an evaluation visit for both of them. Yeah. So we'll talk about him more after the fact. seeing how the, the visit goes and see if there are any pushes for him. They love his film. They love his athleticism and power, but it's just more about the frame, you know, to really getting a chance to see him move around, see that frame and, and those type of things. And for those that might not fully understand when you say he'll be camping and what's mm-hmm. the difference than the visit, yeah. you know, we know there are some, some kids that are right. looking for an offer. They're going right. to be doing a mixture 
it'll be right. a visit and right it's an, but it's an unofficial visit unofficial right like there's a, a tight end from illinois that's gonna right. that you talk to that's gonna be on campus that weekend who's a 2024 kid mm-hmm. he's gonna be camping but he's also you know again it's gonna be a visit they're gonna show him around and notre dame is having their their camps that weekend so like their lineman camp will be around then so it, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a important weekend for elijah page so they got to make a move on him because i think mm-hmm. he's a He's he's a natural tackle, athletic kid. You know, has has a lot more room to grow physically than Monroe Freeling and Absher and Jagasaw, guys like that, and and, and uh, Sam Pendleton. Yeah. But the athleticism is there, <clears throat> the length is there. He's a very talented kid, that, and I know the staff is very high on him. So uh, I'm I'm confident that if he wanted to come, they. My understanding is he's not a kid that they would say, "Oh, well, we like you, but we've got to wait on." on a couple other, they would just take him and say, but we're still going to take Monroe and Jagasaw. We like both of those guys too. Yeah. And and I think it would have a, a greater impact on some other linemen, right? It wouldn't have any impact on Jagasaw or Freeling other than, Hey, spots are filling up, but they want, they want all three of those guys. My understanding is. And so they would take all three. Jagasaw is the interesting show at one, Sean, and, and I'll let you speak to this one because you're a lot closer to him and his situation. They got to close on him. I, I, I have felt, for a long time, you have felt for a long time that Notre Dame is the clear leader here. It's just about what do they got to do to close the deal on him? I think that yeah. would be my question, and I think you can kind of provide some answers to it. Well, this kid is a kid that <laughs> really his recruitment has been pushed along by his head coach, his high school coach, and his father. Now, his father travels frequently. He's an international businessman. His mother you know, as a church musician who hasn't had a lot of time to be a part of his recruitment, recruitment, his initial visit, his father accompanied, accompanied him. And after that, his high school coach, they kind of gave him uh, the go ahead to lead up the recruitment. And he has been the one that has been bringing him to his visits at Notre Dame. So his high school coach, along with his father and CJ at this point, are tremendously, tremendously in love with Notre Dame. And I wrote an article, I think you posted it last week, where, you know, in talking with his mother and getting the official time that he will be making a visit to Notre Dame, I asked her about what the CJ has shared with me with Notre Dame feeling like home, like no other school feels more like home to him and what he's been used to than Notre Dame. And she says, yeah, that's that's what Charlie tells me, mm-hmm. you know, and um, she says, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what he's been talking about. And, you know, I've talked to the coaches over the phone, but I've yet to meet them. And she was like, I'm looking forward to doing that. So for me, Notre Dame really has to connect the dots and make the mother see what the coach has been talking about, what Charles has been talking about. The coach has been raving about the communication Mm -hmm. between the coaches and the players. He's a coach. That's what he's watching each and every time he comes to Notre Dame. And every time he's left a visit, he raves about how well they communicate and deliver messages to their players and the relationship between the players and the coaching staff. So everything lines up for him to go ahead and make that decision. His original timeline was August before their season starts. Their first game is that second weekend in August. They're going to start practice. As soon as he gets done with his visits, they go directly into preparation for that season. I really don't see it getting to August, in my opinion. I think when he gets back, his family and his coach are really going to make the impression upon him. Look, I know you said you don't mind waiting, 
but we don't want to drag. If you out. know, you know. Let's if do you it. Know, you know, right. we don't want this to be a distraction going into the season. Uh, as well, chronicle the turmoil surrounding that football program and what right. they've gone through. And, you know, and what he's their leader. And he's their leader. Right. Well, absolutely. So you can possibly look for a July decision coming from Charles Jagasaw, if not the early parts, or earliest. Early, the earliest, earliest parts of August. I'm talking like August 1st, 2nd, 3rd. Because once again, they definitely don't want to get into the season that second weekend and have to still deal with a decision. When at this point, from my conversations with him, it's pretty clear. Mm -hmm. It's what his feelings are about Notre Dame and the coaching staff and everything just seems to fit. Yeah. Yeah. They got to close on him. He's a the guy they got to get, in my view. They have, have to. to. And then now if you feel, okay, you like where you're at. You've got him. You've got Absher. You've got Pendleton. You're like, okay, you can be patient at that point in time with Monroe Freeling. And then yeah. you can work on trying to close with with Elijah Page and kind of see how things are there. So he is a very, very important piece. He's Of yeah. all the linemen, he's the one they have to get now, in yeah. my opinion. They have to be able to convince him now, like, hey, this is the move you need to make, in my view. Let's go front seven, Sean, because there's two kids that are going to be on campus that I think Notre Dame has a chance to close on this this summer. Okay. Now, we, we dropped a little bit of intel on Samuel and Pemba potentially uh, changing his visit date. Won't get into that right now. You can check that out on the, on the message board. But the, the reality is he's probably not deciding anytime soon. So we're going to focus on the two kids. I think they have a shot at closing on this summer because that's kind of the premise of the whole this. Defensive line-wise, it's Jaden Osbury. It's, uh, J- excuse me, Jason Moore. And then linebacker, it's Jaden Osbury. Yeah. I think these are two very, very important pieces because to me, you get those two and and you're basically, you've met all your needs in the front seven recruiting in an impressive, impressive fashion. And then at that point in time, Samuel and Pemba becomes a, I mean, the sweetest cherry on top of the sweetest cake you've ever had in your life. Man. You know, I mean, that's what that would be. Yeah. And so I think Notre Dame is in the, the pole position for both coming into the visit. Now, let me rephrase that. They, I believe, are in pole position coming into the visit period, not just the Notre Dame visit, but the visit, all the visits, mm-hmm. meaning I think both can be swayed by other programs. And even though I think Notre Dame leads, it's not a surefire, no-brainer, they're picking Notre Dame thing. I think, however, with great visits, Notre Dame could be very hard to beat with both guys, both guys and could convince both guys to make a decision. I expect Jason Moore to make a decision this summer. Nothing is confirmed, but we expect that. I don't know if Jaden Osbury has decided he wants to commit this summer. I think he's a very, a lot of times, Sean, really smart, high intellect kids tend to be super thoughtful. Some of them, that thoughtfulness leads to, I want to get this over with now. Some of them, it's like, I I, I want to maybe see go through the season, do this, right. do that. I want to see how golden in person. I want to see yeah. how the defense looks like and all that kind of stuff. And I could, I could see that happening too, but I think with a great visit and you look at the guys that are going to be on campus that weekend for Notre Dame as well. He's going to be on campus with Devin Houston, a Don Schuler. I think Drake Bowen's going to try to be on campus that weekend mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, for both of those guys. So Jaden Osbury, Jason Moore, or Jaden Osbury, Jason Moore, Christian Gray, all going to be on campus the same weekend. There's going to be a lot of conversation about, okay, what's the move? This needs to be the move. You're going to have some committed kids on campus. Jason Moore is very close with Devin Houston. Devin Houston is all over Jason Moore. 
you're going to have some some Notre Dame commits on campus that weekend. It's it's a it's closing time for those guys, Sean. I mean, that's that's going to be the key. It's time to close on those two guys. And yeah. Jason Moore, I feel more confident in right now in regards yeah. to closing the summer. But I really think another knockout visit for Jaden Osbury could lead to that. And and as you know, Sean, everybody in this chat knows that is one of my absolute favorite players in this class. I don't know what it is about him. He's not like my number one ranked player. Like that's yeah. not what I'm talking about because it's different between that's the most talented player in the class. I mean, that's yeah. Keon Keeley and it's not close. Not even close. Yeah. You know, but, but, you know, and Drake Bowen even has, you know, more size, more explosiveness. I mean, it's just, there's just something about that kid that when I watch him play, I'm like, gosh, I love that kid as a player. And then, then you hear, then you hear people talk about him as a young man and you're like, yep. Okay. Yep. Even more, you know, highly intellectual, yeah. really smart, thoughtful, you know, just exactly. He is a Notre Dame kid. Yeah. I mean, if you were to draw up a linebacker in a lab, the only thing that you would want to change about Jaden Osbury is maybe add a couple inches and about 15 pounds. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. But yeah. everything else about him, instincts, athleticism, power, playmaking ability, off the field traits. Reminds me a lot of Dalen Hayes as a young man, like, you know what I mean? Like real thoughtful, really intellectual, really Perfect. thinks about Perfect. things Perfect. beyond football. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of Dalen Hayes as a young man, but he's a completely different type of player than Dalen Hayes. But uh, this is the kind of kid that you're like, you've got to get this kind of kid and, and take my pettiness away about beating Brian Kelly. It's not even about that. As I said, the other, if Brian Kelly would have picked, would have gone to Florida or USC instead of LSU, it wouldn't change my feeling at all about Jay Nosbury. Yeah, that just adds a little bit of you know sweetness to him. But it's really about this. I just love this kid as a player, and I think it's important to be able to go down to Louisiana and get another top player, and and continue the momentum they had with guys like a Jerry Tillery and the success they had. Because the last couple of kids from Louisiana didn't pan out the way that yeah. you had hoped. Yeah, you know, with with Lawrence Keys and Michael Young. So hopefully they can kind of get back on track with with Jaden Osbury. That that that's going to be an interesting one. Well, I'm proud of you, Brian. And if you're not going to be petty, allow me to reintroduce myself because I am going to be petty. I do I want Jaden Osbury strictly because, not strictly, but one of the main reasons is, yes, go get a Louisiana kid out of Louisiana and pull him to Notre Dame when that guy just went down to Baton Rouge. Yes, let's go do it right now just to prove that things have changed at Notre Dame. It's not like it hasn't been done before. You just chronicle the guys you know, like Jerry Tillery and some of the other guys, Lawrence Keys, that came from the area. Haven't worked out. Michael Young actually went to Cincinnati, had a pretty good uh, college career, and is continuing. But this kid is – you watch him, and if you don't think about his measurables and you just watch him, you say to yourself, like, yo, this guy commands the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, he commands the field. He's the type of player that one day offense is going to say, okay, where is he lining up? And offensive coordinators are going to wonder, okay, where is he? Where is he coming from? Because that's how dominant he is on right. film. He, he's not the biggest guy. Right. You know, so he's not going to stand out. But all of a sudden out of the pack, you see him coming out of nowhere and making a tackle, and it's like, yo, okay. Yes, I see why he is who he is. And like you said, when you talk to people that know him and you find out the type of kid he is, mm-hmm. and his makeup, 
And you say to yourself, okay, he's a kid that's going to believe in four for 40. Yep. He understands what it means. Yep. And he has foresight to see, like, this is what I want for myself. And it's one of the reasons you would get him. I mean, that Absolutely. that would be if it was just about football, he's probably not looking at Notre he's Dame. He's probably not looking. Yeah. He'd stay in the South just because yeah. it'd, it'd stay closer to home. There's some good defensive football teams close to where he's from. You right? think so? I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, it, he's one of those kids that's looking at a whole lot more than just yeah. that. And that's that's another reason why I think he's a he's a he's a Notre Dame kid. And I, oh, I feel yeah. the same way about Jason Moore. Absolutely. You know, Catholic school kid. You know, doesn't necessarily. I mean, if you don't see a whole lot from Jason Moore on social media, he's not like one of those kids like trying to build, you know, a, me, a social media following to up his likes and his followers and all that, so he can turn it into some big nil deal. He's a kid that's like, look, I want to get a great education. That's why his brother went to Villanova. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just basketball. Yeah, right. It was. He went from a Catholic school to another Catholic school. I think Jason will make a similar move. Comes from a good family, you know, and I think he's. A, I think he's a great Notre Dame fit, and we've said that for a long time. But they got to close because I think I think he likes Ohio State as well. I think he likes Michigan. I think yeah. he likes Penn State. I think he likes all those schools. I think Notre Dame leads right now. But if you don't have a great visit with him in, in June and those other schools knock it out of the park, then all of a sudden maybe you could see that lead slip. So that's why I say both of these kids, I think Notre Dame is in the, the top position for now. But it's going to require strong, strong visits in June to maintain that and then close. That's going to be the key with those two. And you guys. know what is impactful? And I actually had a conversation with my dad. And, you know, he was just asking me about the recruiting class. And uh, I, I was talking to him about Jason Moore. And I was like, yeah, you know, his brother played in Villanova. He's the kid that got hurt mm-hmm. uh, in the, um, right before the Final Four. And he said, well, that's good for you guys. And I said, what do you mean? And he said for him to watch his brother get hurt. He's like, yo, he knows there's more to it than right. football. Yeah. He, he's he's looking at it, like how close you can come to losing that opportunity, your athleticism. Like it can happen in a blink of an eye, in a moment. Like the game was almost over and it happened. So that bodes well for Notre Dame. And I said, oh, I guess you're right. If you're looking at it as a family, that is a point for a parent to say, see, this is what I'm talking about, guys. This is why you go to a place like Notre Dame where you know it's bigger than just going to play football. It impacts the rest of your life. So I was like, I didn't even look at it like that, how his brother's injury could actually impact his recruiting. I was like, yo, that's that's an interesting way of looking at it. I mean, you wish it didn't have to come to that. Right. But it it happened. It happened. And that's something that, you know, can be like, you know what? I need to really make sure that 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 I think this thing through a little bit. So, You know, so we'll see. They have to close on those two guys. That's going to be a big, big key this spring. And then, so let's finish off with the secondary. Obviously, Caleb Downs is on campus. Micah Tease is on campus. You know, the visit with Caleb Downs, I mean, I think this is probably your last crack at it. You know, I think this is your last crack at Caleb Downs. I still yeah. think Bama is ahead for him. I still think Georgia is is right there with Bama. I think those are the two schools for him. I think Caleb likes Notre Dame a lot. I just – there's – what people have to understand is most of these kids, when they pick a school, unless it's a school they grew up rooting for, it's not like this team is great and I don't like any other teams. They like yeah. a lot of those teams. And I yeah. think Caleb likes Notre Dame a lot. I just yeah. think right now it's not enough to get him to commit. Yeah. But he's this is going to be his like fourth or fifth time on campus. So clearly there's some interest there. I just, yeah. you know, we'll see how it goes. This is your last chance with that. Micah Tease is an interesting one. It's going to – I don't have a lot to say about Micah Tease right now because his recruitment is a little bit of a mystery to me. 
school's getting in and out, what position he's going to play. I mean, yeah. a lot of that's going to be kind of hammered out this June. I, I think USC and Oklahoma – what's that, Sean? I just never thought he would leave home. Yeah, and I think right now if he did, there's a chance he may pick USC instead of Oklahoma, right? And then there was a time when Oklahoma seemed out. Now they're back in. It's just, yeah. you know, the whole thing is just – I'm just – I've never felt great about that one. Yeah. I know Ryan feels better about Notre Dame's odds than I do. I just don't feel great about that one. We'll, we'll, the visit's going to tell us a lot, so I don't want to get yeah, too much into detail on that. Yeah. Same with Caleb Downs. There's two kids going to be on campus, however, in back-to-back weekends that are must-gets for Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So we'll go chronologically. Christian Gray's on campus the 10th of the 12th. This is sort of your things are trending in the right direction. You've got to close it out now. You've got to close the deal, right? This is that, you know, he's going to be on campus to LSU, I believe, this this summer as well. I mean, let me just look that up real quick uh, just to make sure the specific dates of when he's going to be on campus. But I know he's going to be there. I think he's going to Ohio State as well. Yes, he is. For an official visit. Uh, and I think Michigan is going to get an official visit from him as well, correct? I think those are the four he's going to make. Yep. So the Notre Dame visit will not be his last visit. He's going to make another one. Actually, I, he does not have Michigan on there yet, uh, at least that I can see here. He's got uh, He's got LSU the weekend of the 3rd to the 5th, the first weekend of June. Then Notre Dame's the next weekend. Then USC is the weekend after that. And then Ohio State is there the final weekend. So you're going to have to, I mean, it's going to be, a you know, I, I think Notre Dame is trending in the right direction. I think that Notre Dame has a chance to close that thing out when he gets on campus, but I'm not going to lie to you, Sean, the fact that he has Ohio state coming after the visit to Notre Dame makes me a little nervous. I'm not going to lie to you on that one. So yeah, but it's interesting that the first two. <laughs> yeah. Are probably it's top two. The, the leaders yeah. in the eyes of most people. Right. You know, so. You know, you would think most kids save those schools for the last, mm-hmm. and some kids just, yeah. you know, invert. Yeah, so, and I, I think you the case is, hey, look, these are my top two schools. Let me see them first, and then yeah. see if those other schools stack up. Right, and that's maybe the maybe the way you could look at it as well. So, yeah. you've got to close on them. Then you've got to weather the storm the next two weekends. And and I think to your point though, I do think the fact that if you look at it compared to when he fought when they fought that they follow LSU it could probably be more impactful than having the last overalls like you were there right after LSU like he's not gonna have a whole lot of time yeah. to let LSU sink in before he's on the campus and I think yeah. that's an important piece they got to close on him Sean he commits July 4th is yeah. when he will make his announcement so a decision will most likely be made before then that's normally how it goes but he will make his 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 decision public on July fourth is is where he is right now. The next weekend you get Micah Bell. That if they can get Christian Gray and then Micah Bell, because Christian Gray to me is an interesting situation because a lot of people talk about his speed and his track times, and I just I don't see that speed on film. What I love about Christian Gray is is he's long, he's smooth. He knows how to play the position. I view him as more of an instincts player as opposed to a speed guy. If I'm wrong about his speed, then he goes way up as a prospect. Like for me, he's like a top 150 guy, right? Like I just don't see top 100 guy because I don't see that speed yet. But if the speed is there and I'm wrong on his speed, he jumps definitely up into the top 100 because he has the length, the strength, the tackling ability. He's a very high IQ football player. He's very smooth and fluid. 
he's very you know his understanding of how to run routes is like is impressive because he plays offense as well but like he'll run routes for for a receiver i mean that's an expression that we use uh it's part of that mental iq that i that i love about the kid and if yeah. the speed catches up to that then he's going to be really really good micah bell is the exact opposite he still has a lot to learn about playing defense, but holy moly, he that kid can run. and talented. But man, he can yeah. run. Yes, and he he's, got, I mean, he's got some instincts, right? Yeah. Like he knows how to play the game. It's just technically he's super raw, yeah. which is fine. I don't care. No, no coach where the grain of salt should care about a kid's technique because that's what you get paid six figures to do right. is to teach him that. You can't teach 10-4 in the 100-meter dash no. like like Michael Bell has. And it shows up on the football field. That's the yeah. thing. It shows up on the football field. This kid is explosive. You, you've got those kids back-to-back. Christian Gray knows Notre Dame. It's about closing. He's been here se- several times. Mm-hmm. Micah Bell has never been to Notre Dame, I don't believe. This is kind of a meet-and-greet and a finish all-in-one visit. Those can be a little harder to do, but – I, he he strike he's got a lot of Braylon James in him in my opinion smart kid good academics just Notre Dame fit it just he needs to get up on campus to confirm that yeah and and that's what that weekend's going to be all about so that's going to be a very very interesting one Sean because I think Notre Dame is in a good place but I just don't want to get too locked into that stance until we see that kid decide because i believe his brother is the i think his brother went to is he the one whose brother went to georgia i believe i could be wrong on that right but uh you know but he seems to like notre dame quite a bit with the christian gray situation it's very interesting because we know at this point we know what it may come down to right Mm -hmm. comfort level relationship with a defensive coach that goes back history and the history of development at that position mm-hmm. at that particular school at LSU. Like yeah. that, those are the things that stand out, right? Notre Dame, change in culture, already like Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I like them even more with the new head coach and the new coaching staff, right? No Mike Mickens. Have a relationship with him might not be as strong as the relationship with the defensive back coach at LSU. There's nothing you can do about that. He was a kid's high school coach, that. right? But once again, here you go. What school fits who you are and who your family is? Right. I tell you all the time, a vast majority of the time, you know, because of how involved I am with youth and ministry, I spend 10 to 15% of my conversation with Christian Gray talking about ministering as involved right. with his youth group right. and what they do and what they have planned over the summer. So he's talking about a kid that's deciding. This is where his anxiousness comes in. He's like, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about my decision because he understands if I'm just going to decide about football, then yeah, I probably would lean one way. Mm-hmm. But looking at my total life and what my family feels because they know what's best for me and where I fit. Now it's like, okay, I don't want to disappoint. If I make this decision, I disappoint somebody I have a really right. good relationship with. There's a what lot of kids I've what? talked to in this class that are having that problem. Yes. Yes. There are. And I don't think yeah. people like people have under like there, there's a, a kid I've talked to who has a really close relationship with the head coach of another school. Mm-hmm. And he just loves the guy. 
He knows he doesn't want to go there. He just doesn't <laughs> want to tell the guy no. Yeah. You know, there, there's another kid that's going to come to Notre Dame that just like the reason he's still letting people recruiting is because he just doesn't want to say no. Yeah. Because there's coaches. You really, I, I, we have to understand that. Like it's, it's hard for some of these kids. Cause like sometimes I, I, I mean, I, I went through this one time, Sean, when I was recruiting at a much smaller level, but yeah. I was recruiting this running back from, from Virginia and, and from Woodbridge Academy in Virginia. Yeah. Really. I mean, I loved him. Like we were a two back thing. We were fullback. He was a fullback. He was a fullback to carry the football. Loved the kid but he was a phenomenal student and it was down to us and Johns Hopkins. Well, I'm sorry. Muhlenberg is a good college, but it ain't Johns Hopkins, Johns you know? Hopkins, yeah. And so I took it as long as I could take it. And he calls me one day and he starts crying because he didn't want to tell me no. Yeah. Right. And, but I was like, dude, you're going to Johns Hopkins. Like I get it, you right. know, but like he, he knew that Johns Hopkins was the right place for him, but he didn't mm-hmm. want to tell our staff no. Cause he'd built such a good relationship with us. Absolutely. Right. And that's part Absolutely. of the process. I mean, that's Absolutely. part of it. And, and that's why sometimes these things can take a little bit longer than you'd expect. And I think that's true for Christian Gray. And that's true for other players as well. I wonder if they're able to convince him to commit that weekend, Sean. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious because like, what happens is even if a kid doesn't go public, they start telling other commits about it. They start telling yeah. other recruits about it. You know, if he were, let's just say he were to pick Notre Dame. Yeah. Right that weekend let's say he silently commits Notre Dame that weekend yeah he'd probably get on the phone and call Micah Bell and be like hey man let's do this (laughs) yeah and I think that helps or the Notre Dame staff will tell Micah Bell like listen just so you know we think we're gonna get Christian Graham July 4th you're our one-two punch right but you know but we need two corners and once he picks we you know we we may have to turn up the heat on somebody else because we need to know what's going on so it it gets back to that whole domino thing that we talked about this decision would go a long way to retaining Peyton Bowen. Right. People might not realize that. Like the trio, I call them the gaming trio. Peyton Bowen, mm-hmm. Drake Bowen, and Christian Gray. Like mm-hmm. that's all they do is game yep. together constantly and, and talk constantly. So right. to get all three of those guys would go a long way. And because you've been talking about, man, look, we got to keep, keep Peyton Bowen in the class. We got to right. keep him in the class. And that would definitely help. So let's let's kind of go through this, Sean. Where, where we think, where we kind of predict where Notre Dame will be by the end of July. So let's go through it. Let's start at running back. I predict I predict they'll have two in the class by then. They've already have one, mm-hmm. and and Jay Lamar. Obviously, I think they'll get two. I just I don't see them getting a second back. Like I don't see them getting a third back right now. We'll, we'll right. see how the visit goes with Richard Thompson, but or Richard Young, but Richard I just Young. don't see that right now. Yeah, receiver. I think by the end of July they have two more in the class with Braylon James. I agree with that. I think they get at least one more offensive lineman. I'm not comfortable enough to say they'll have two for sure. Got to see how the visit goes with Elijah Page, and I just don't get the 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 feeling that Monroe Freeling's looking to make a decision anytime soon. So, Maybe that changes. Because remember, going into last June, uh, Tobias Merriweather had talked about waiting until December to decide. Right. And then once he visited, it was like pretty soon after that. I was like, okay, it's done deal. D-line, I think they'll get one more. Linebacker, I think they'll get one more. And I think they'll get two secondary guys. That's the one I think is probably the bigger thing. I think they'll get two secondary guys by the end of July. So I think they'll have eight more guys. That's a lot. Yeah. I think five to eight is the range yeah. of public. We're talking public 
commitments. Right. By end of July, I think they'll have, I think they'll have, and and I think they could end up getting three receivers because it wouldn't shock me if they got three. It just, I still need to see what Ohio state does with, with Rico Flores. I, I think Rico wants to go to Ohio state. I just don't think he has the green light to pick Ohio state right now. Yeah. That's where it's at. And for yeah. me. So, and I always get nervous about kids like that because what if he picks Notre Dame now? Because Ohio State doesn't take him, and Ohio State misses out on all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it always yeah. makes me a little bit nervous. Yeah. So you could see it jump up to three receivers because one of them, the, the I mean, Rico's the only kid that's guaranteed to make a decision that we know is going to make a decision before the end of July. He's going right. to commit July third. So that's where I'm at, Sean, with those numbers. Any disagreements there? No one agreed. Originally, I think I said like 18 to 19 when we started discussing the topic for today. Mm-hmm. And I think they could get to 18, 19 by what middle of July. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were like, I think they'll get more. Yeah. I was like, okay. Right. By end of and, July. I thought they'd yeah, get more by the end of July. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay. And now listening back, discussing it this week. Right. I definitely will probably land on 20. Because you say five in your head, I say five, right? right. Like, I've met four or five more guys. Right. But then you go through the, 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 the guys that are on campus and, and, and where things are in the recruitment. Like, yeah, dude, it could end up being more than five. I think five right. is that it, I'll say it's five's got to be the minimum. Minimum. Right. It's got to right. be the minimum. Right. If they don't get more than five by the end of July, that, that there's going to be some problems. Yeah. There's going to yeah. be some problems. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.